Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. We'll read the first 15 verses of 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm sure that you have noticed that God often works slowly. The purposes of God develop slowly because His grand designs are never hurried, no matter how we would like to hurry them. Uh, Phillips Brooks was a great uh, preacher of many years ago, and he was known for his poise and for his quiet meekness, his quiet manner, but even he had times of of frustration and irritability. And a friend of his came to his house one day and found Phillips Brooks just pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth like a caged lion. And he asked him, he said, uh, he said, Reverend Brooks, what's the problem? What's the trouble? And he, Phillips Brooks replied, he said, "The, the trouble is that I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. So how do you deal with God's slowness? That is the subject of 2 Peter chapter 3. This is an Advent passage of Scripture. It deals with God's slowness and our uh, having to wait for Him to move, to work. And it's appropriate as we think about waiting for the moving of the Lord. 2 Peter 3, beginning with verse 1. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, 
since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. Can I confess something to you? One of the hardest things I deal with in my life is the slowness of God. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. Maybe my generation has been nurtured into getting things quickly. I mean, uh, drive through uh, bank tellers, drive through fast food. Uh, We even are so uh, nurtured up by fast food that you can go into some restaurants that are they are by, by design slow food, and we expect it to be fast food. I went into Frank's the other day, and there's a sign in Frank's that says, We are not fast food. We are slow food and proud of it. Something like that is what it said, slow food. And God is slow. There are things I've been asking God to do for 30 years, and He hasn't done them yet. And it drives me bananas. I like things fast. Do you like things fast? I really do. I like things fast. Uh, Every first Thursday morning, I go out to Wesley Woods down here at Madras, and I do a little devotion for about anywhere from 8 to 15 senior adults. Most of them are women. I was there this past Thursday, and there was one man. His name was Bob. And he sat on the front. I told Bob, I said, Bob, you and I are in this room full of these women, and it's a dangerous place. Feel like a hen in the middle of the fox house. Is that the way it goes? Hen in the middle of the fox house? Maybe not. But every first Thursday I go out there, and and I go out there, I love to go out there for two reasons. One, to see those people. They're so generous and so uh, complimentary. And, And they're the main reason I go out there. But I have to admit to you that the second reason I go out there is because... You're not going to believe this. The public bathroom at Wesley Woods. I know that sounds crazy, but you go in the side entrance, and once you go in the side entrance, there are two sliding doors you go through, and then to the left, there are two public restrooms. You can go in them, and they are always spick and span, spick and span clean. I mean, you can smell the clean in these rooms, but that's not the reason I go there, although I do like clean bathrooms. The toilets in those bathrooms. Because you touch the flusher on those toilets, I've never seen anything like the pressure in the water at the toilets at Wesley Woods Assisted Living Center. I'm not kidding you. That you, you press the flusher, and there's no slow flushing in these things. You don't have to wait 15 minutes for the, for the tank to fill back up. You know, I'm telling you, it's like, whoosh, ah! Just like that. I mean, it's loud and it's fast. I want the pressure that they've got in the toilets at Wesley Woods Assisted Living Center. I, I, I tell you what, that's the first thing and the last thing that I do when I go to Wesley Woods. I go in, go to the restroom, just so even if I don't have to use the bathroom, I'll go in there just to flush the toilet. I've never seen the pressure. I was there one day and I, I kept hearing this faint sound. Help, help, help. It was a male voice that was high pitched. Help. 
help, help. And I, I, when I, you know, it's hard, I'm hard of hearing. So it took me a while to figure out where it was coming from. It was coming from behind the door of one of those Wesley Woods bathrooms. And uh, fortunately, I mean, the door was, was not locked. The man who had gone in there had not locked the door. And so I was able to open it up and looked in there. And that toilet, I know you're not going to believe this, that toilet, it was so, so high pressure, it had sucked that man down in that toilet. And the only thing that was sticking out was his head coming out of that toilet. And I had to help him out of there. <laughs> Fast. I like, the, I like the toilets at Wesley Woods. But God's not like the toilet at Wesley Woods. He's slow. Uh, my dad is a uh, minister of a small country church up between Lula and Cleveland, Georgia. They run about 35 on high attendance day there. And I think about him a lot. I think about pastors who are pastoring smaller churches and they, 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 they decide to camp out at those smaller churches and they don't use that smaller church as a stepping stone to get up to a bigger church like, like so many of us preachers do. And they work and they pray and they work and they pray and they'll be there five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years praying for God to do something, knowing that God is going to do something. They believe in their heart He's going to do something. And yet year after year after year, that's something that they keep looking for that they're expecting God to do just doesn't get done. God works slowly. And sometimes it it would be very easy for us to conclude that because God works slow, that He doesn't care. Or because God works slow, that maybe He's not there. Or because God works slow, then then maybe uh, he's, He's just not going to do what we think He's going to do or even what He has promised that He will do. This was the case with the people Peter was writing to. They all believed That when Jesus left, he would come back while they were still alive. And five years passed, ten years passed, twenty years passed, thirty years passed, and he still hadn't come back. All of a sudden, some of the apostles, some of the eyewitnesses to Jesus' ministry started dying off. And that's when they started writing the, the Bible, the New Testament books down because they said, hey... People are dying, and Jesus hasn't come back yet. We need to get this stuff written down before everybody else dies. Paul was dead. Peter uh, died somewhere around 64, 65 A.D. John was an old man. And so by the time Second Peter came along, people were wondering... Well, he's not coming back. We've heard he's coming back all this time. And even more so today, we look back, it's been 2,000 years almost since he's gone... Is he coming back? Is he really coming back? God is slow. And so uh, the Bible talks about some things about God's slowness that I want to point out. First of all, God works on slow. That's his default speed. Uh, You know, if, if God were an automobile, the gear shift would be the simplest to operate in the history of the universe. Because there would be no uh, reverse and neutral and overdrive and drive and park. There'd just be one speed and it'd be super slow. Because that is God's default 
speed, no matter how fast our technologies develop, no matter how much we want things to be hurried, the fact of the matter is God stays at slow. And his, his slowness can be disheartening at times. At my first church, there was a girl there. I married her and her fiancé, her husband at that time. She was in her mid-twenties. When she was age nine, she was molested by two family members, two men. And nobody believed her. Almost nobody. The ones who did believe her told her just to keep it quiet. Shh, don't say anything. Don't rustle the family. Don't do that. And it traumatized her. And by the time she was 13, her mother, whom she adored, passed away. And her father, not long after that, started dating another lady and that lady was always uh, nice while, while, she, while she and the, woman, the girl's dad were courting. And, but when they got married, the woman convinced this girl's dad to move to another state and to not have anything to do with this girl anymore. And he agreed to do it. And so this girl, who was traumatized when she was 9 and 10, had a father by men had a father who left her and what it developed in her was a hatred for men she had depression she was ministered to by uh, a bunch of folks who were into the drug culture which was terrible and not only were they in the drug culture but they were they were doing some uh, strange things sexually, and, and she, because of the trauma and everything that happened in her life, she was very much gay. By the time she came to our church, made a profession of faith in Christ, she was still struggling with that, with her gayness. And she tried dating. She dated this boy, and they dated for about a year and a half. Uh, He proposed to her. She accepted. I married them. It lasted just less than two years. And she came to me several times, weeping almost uncontrollably. She said, "For, for the last 12 years... I have begged God to take this away from me. Why hasn't he done it? I said, honey, I don't know that he is. Maybe he will, I don't know. God works slow if he works at all. And not only does he work slow, but second, it's normal for God to work slowly by human standards. It's quite normal that he do that. Peter muses about why God may be taking so long. When, and, and he quotes from Psalm 90. He says, with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. But you know, that doesn't calculate, that doesn't compute to the human mind. The way God perceives time is so different from what 
what we do in computing time. You know, if Peter were here, I would say, you know, your quote that one day is a thousand years, a thousand years a day really doesn't help me much. But I don't think that he was uh, saying that to help the people much, uh, except to help them for them to help them understand the way God works. Listen, uh, whether we like it or not, there are certain ways that God works, and, and He's just going to work that way because He's God. I have a friend who asked me recently if I had, uh, uh, and I, I run uh, usually jog. I go through spurts. Right now, I'm in a spurt, and I'll run about three times a week. I run for about three miles. I run at about six and a half miles per hour. When I first started going back to running, I ran at five miles per hour. That was fast for me. It's slow for most everybody else who runs, I'm told. Now I'm running at six and a half miles per hour. To me, that's really fast. But he asked me, he said, have you thought about how fast you could run a mile, Jimmy? I said, no, I haven't. How fast do you think you could? I don't know. Might be able to run a mile in 10 minutes, maybe, maybe 15 minutes. He can run it in about five. Do you realize a person who runs a mile in five minutes, they're, they're going at, they're going at uh, 20 miles an hour. Is that right? Am I computing that right? 20 miles an hour if they're going a five-minute mile. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, that's fast. That's not fast. That's idiotic. That's what that is. That's just flat-out idiotic. Six and a half miles per hour is fast. 20 miles per hour is just flat-out idiotic. I'm going to tell you that right now. I told the guy he needed to go get therapy. You see, speed is relative, and that is certainly the case when it comes to God. With God, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. God is not to be hurried. Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to bless you and all the nations will be blessed because of you. It'd be 2,000 years at least before that would happen. Noah, Noah, I'm going to bring a storm. I'm going to bring rain. I'm going to destroy the earth. It'd be at least 120 years before that first raindrop would fall. Caleb, Caleb, you were were faithful to me. You stayed with me when everybody else just about said, don't go in that land. And because you were faithful to me, I'm going to see that you see the promised land. You're going to be there. It'd be 40 years before that promise was fulfilled. Judah, I've let the Babylonians take you out of Jerusalem and they've carried you 700 miles away into captivity. But I promise you I have a plan for you and I will bring you back. When are you going to do that, Lord? Well, it's going to be 70 years before you get to come. But the Bible tells us that there are reasons for God delay, God's delays. Sometimes God delay, God's delays produce more glory for Him and a greater miracle for us. You remember Lazarus? Lazarus, good friend of Jesus. Mary and Martha called Jesus on the phone. Lazarus is sick. You need to come. You need to come. Jesus just waits. Lazarus is sick. You need to come. Jesus waits. Lazarus is dead. We'd like for you to come preach the funeral. Jesus didn't move. 
They had the funeral. Jesus didn't show up. They had to get somebody else to speak at it. I'm telling you the truth. They bury him. He's dead four days in the tomb when finally Jesus decides to show up. Mary and Martha are upset. If you'd have been here, things would have been different, Lord. They're upset. But why did he wait? He could have come on and he could have healed Lazarus of his sickness. But he waited and as a result, instead of healing him of his sickness, he raised him from the the dead. Waiting. God's delays have reasons. Sometimes God's delays were merciful, giving people an opportunity to repent. Peter says this in this passage. He says God's slowness actually is is an opportunity for salvation for so many people. Sometimes God's delays strengthen the faith of us while we wait. And sometimes the delays test our perseverance, test our faith. Finally, this passage tells us that God's slowness to act does not mean that he is not going to act. God is slow. And although this probably is not going to minister to, to anybody, we need to just get used to the fact that God is slow. But his slowness is not in any way an indication that he is unfaithful, that he is AWOL, that he will never come through. None of that. In fact, his slowness is simply indicative of our haste and his timing. And that he wants to make sure that what he does is done right. We're waiting for Christmas. And we're waiting. Some of you are waiting. Some of you are waiting for God to intervene in your family. And you've been waiting a long time. Some of you are waiting for God to intervene with a job. And you've been waiting a long time. Some of you have been waiting for God to fix something that somebody else messed up. And you've been waiting a long time. God's slowness is not an indication that he's not working. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, help us to deal more effectively with your speed Lord, the problem is not with your speed or your slowness. The problem is with our perception of the speed at which you do things. So help us adjust our perspective so that we are more eager and willing to wait for you to do what only you can do and in the way that only you can do it. We're waiting. We're in Advent. We're waiting for your arrival. Lord, I pray that we would see your arrival. In Jesus' name, amen.